Welcome, welcome to Follow the Leader, man. I have been rebuilding high-level sports. You know, I have a lot of articles and things to do right now. It's all about rebuilding the brand and going more harder to create the brand I've got, man. I've, I've done stuff in NBA. I, I write for NBA draft from NFL draft diamonds. And I had to really um, view sports, um, my high-level sports. I had to upgrade a lot of things, get things done. It's just time to go hard, like all the way hard. I just want to make sure my whole, um, and then I'm trying to figure out like how to do live or do a podcast, live podcast, Instagram live podcast, Villanova, making it the center. Um, let's get right to it. It's a lot of things to talk about. Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Right now, it's just a, a, a standstill and just a hold on what can happen. But what's, what you're looking at is the evolution of the bench, which was a problem in, in, uh, last year in the playoffs. And, and toughness, you know, uh, vets. I mean, everybody's starting to – P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, Anthony Milton, Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz, Montrez Harrell. Paul Reed, all have developed a camaraderie enough to win, and they have won some games. It's two straight against the Magic. Three out of the last four. You're seeing what this team is doing until the big dogs get back. Maxi and Embiid and Harden. But see, the thing is, Tobias has proven just how good of a fourth piece he is. Like, he has really been big. And Shake Milton, man. I've told people, and people just diss how good Shake is. Is is such a piece you have to keep. Furkan Korkmaz, you know why they kept him? Because he's played playoff ball. He's hit big shots. He's had big games. No matter his slump, you owe a guy like that to push and see where he's at. And all these guys are proving it. Monty Stavo hasn't even been, you know, and so just wait till this team gets fully there. And you have to deal with James Harden. Look how he started the season off. Then Maxie. Once Harden went out, it was Maxi and Embiid. And Maxi doing Embiid went out, which is Maxi, and Maxi was still handling business. When these three guys get back to come and reign terror, so look, the Sixers now with the way those guys play, because when you go to those second units, these guys have played together. So, so those second units, these guys that are playing now are going to be better because when they come in, they know their spots, they're comfortable with their spots, they're comfortable in the game, they've had dog fights. With good team, better teams. The win against the Nets was just unbelievable. You know, you had losses against Minnesota, losses against the Hornets, you know, but you expect those with, with you not having your top three, which you don't expect that these wins they're getting. And, you know, against quality wins, you know, Orlando, dogfights, you know, and then blowouts. For them to get a blowout, you might not think that's big, but these are NBA players on Orlando, talented young players. And without your big three, you're just a decent, solid team. That's it. You can lose to anybody. That shouldn't be the surprise. The surprise is them winning and, and then able to get blowouts. The 133 points they scored against them, 30-point blowout on Orlando. These are guys that really have played together mostly. Have their top players. So it's a little bit different now. Just think of this team when Harden gets back with Maxi and, and MB, you know, 
you're looking at the way Maxi and MB played without Harden. That was a key time. That was a key time for that team to get a nuke without Harden. And now you see when other lines get put in, and now Harden coming back doing what he does. One thing Harden can do, he can kind of go into a situation and impact immediately, whether he's at his best or not. And, I mean, he can have 22, 10, and 10 and still not his best. He still hasn't jailed with the offense the way he should to be his best player because it's the best player that Harden can be gets everybody involved and can still score and light it up. Like, when all this – but with MB, you have another alpha dog for the first time, even over Chris Paul. MB is a seven-foot-two alpha dog. Like, this is a guy who definitely demands the ball. When Chris Paul doesn't demand it. He controls the ball. He can score, but he's mostly about making decisions to get other people involved. So, that's how he's different than MB. MB has to score on you, and he can still pass the ball, and he can still block your shot, rebound. He can dominate in all those four joints. Now, he's not even a guy that's going to be like Jokic. I keep on telling people about Embiid and Jokic. Like, seriously, man. Are, are, we, are we talking? Jokic is a great player. Can pass the ball. That's what makes him great. His IQ to find out where the open man is. To get his open man. That's what makes Paul so great. The same thing that makes Jokic great is which makes Paul great. Their IQ to find players of the open that gets them involved. Because... He's going to give a little inch of somebody that's open. He's They're going to get it to him. But they also can score. NB can score better than Jokic. Jokic can pass better than NB. But NB can still pass at an elite level. This is not get it twisted. That's just not his thing to do. He had almost a quadruple double the other night with 50 points. He's a different monster, NB, on both sides of the floor. He doesn't have to get 11 assists. He's going to get more points every night in the paint. When Embiid and Jokic play, Jokic plays his game. But Embiid is just too much for Jokic. Jokic is never too much for Embiid. Jokic has to learn on the go with thoughts, like how to really shoot smart shots. He's never going to dominate like Embiid. Just totally take the game over and make everybody. But they're both great. But to say that one that Jokic is more dominant than NB is totally ridiculous. Let's just feel like this. Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant. Allen Iverson and Steve Nash. You want to do that? That's kind of like where we're at. Who's better? Everybody knows Iverson's better than Steve Nash. Are we talking about shooting guards? Are we going that route? How would I compare that? Allen Iverson. Where are we going? Allen Iverson and Catino Mobley. If you want to do shooting guards. You think Catino Mobley ain't good? Go back and look. That is the that is the difference in greatness. Okay, we want to find another Hall of Famer to compare. Okay, because yeah, Casino Mobley was one of the great, but uh, let's say Iverson and Rip Hamilton. Do, do we want to go that way? That's the, the difference in Jokic and Embiid. Y'all got to just stop thinking crazy right now. It's great. Jokic was able to snag some MVPs, and that's what puts him in a whole other conversation. But back then, the, the, the position they were in is a little bit a little bit super deep. 
it's not really a, you know when it comes to centers, it's not really like if you look at the centers, you got Cat, you got and at the NBA and Jokers, you know you go to Cat and then you know figure it out, Aiden, but Capella, where are we going? It's not a deep field. If Jokic and MB played in the 90s with Ewing and Robinson, and we can throw Rick Smith in there because he was good for his time, but he's in the Hall of Fame. And Vladdy D-Rock is in there. Another guy, um, 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 Patrick Ewing, Robinson, Elijah Wan. Um, Shaq came along. Alonzo Mourning came along. So let's just throw these centers in the bucket. And we're talking about Jokic and MB. Jokic. Jokic is going to be one of the top centers in the league. But he's not going to be better than David Robinson. MB to be up there with Shaq and Elijah Wan. Jokic to be with, you know, uh, Robinson to be over Jokic. Um, he'll go head to head with Patrick Ewing. But as a postman, Ewing's going to eat him up. He's going to eat him up. But Jokic can pass so much. But I think him and Ewing is a good... People can go at me if they want to, but Robinson was a different monster. And Ewing and, and Jokic are right there. That's where it goes. I, I just don't... Nah. You want to bring Yao Ming? I, I put Jokic over Yao Ming. Okay, so those are my three. As much as I love Patrick Ewing, uh, seeing David Robinson and what he did and what he was able to do, I put him over uh, Ewing. But Ewing is so dynamic. But that's where it is. MB would be up there with the top three regardless. Lajuan, Shaq, and MB would be the top three centers. You put Cat down there with Joker G. Jokic just turned it up. He's better than Cat. All right, now, Philadelphia Eagles. First, I want to go by and say the Flyers are back to struggling again, and the Phillies are going after Trey Turner. Let's just see what happens. The Phillies are going to be a team that's going to be back for contention, going to be dangerous, good pitching, great pitching to me. I think it's underrated. With the first four, Kyle Gibson, um, Ranger Suarez, um, Zach Wheeler, and Aaron Nola were able to do. Plus, off the bullpen with so many, so many different arms that were able to contribute. You know, Syndergaard was decent. I think we need another five. Bring Painter up. I think Painter, if you start looking at talent, he's ready now. I think he should be able to come up. And be in that rotation. You mean to tell me you got a young flamethrower with Gibson, Suarez, Wheeler, and Nola? Nobody's thinking about this. Okay. I guess I'm the only one. Okay. Um, the Eagles, I, I got to have a whole big segment um, on them. But first, we go to Villanova. Um, it's just a struggle now, it's, it's, it's a different time. And you can tell it's a different system because uh, there's no way in the world that Villanova should lose to some of the teams they're losing to. This is total surprise, total shock for Villanova program. And I'm just being honest and real. 
not saying Neptune's a bad coach. No, it, this is a process transformation. I just didn't think it would be like this. Portland, the teams they've had troubles with, with the talent they got, this is a transformation. And no doubt, we just got to wait and see what it does. It's just a real shock. The Archer Diacono starting, I think it's a loyalty thing right now going on, and it's not a talent evaluation. I don't want to sound, please, I don't want to upset anybody. I just feel like because Anderson and Brizzy, in my opinion, are both more talented than Archer Diacono. Not smarter, because this is a man that's been through war wounds. He's been through tournament play. He deserves respect, but he is not better than Angelo Brizzy and Mark Armstrong. It's obviously a cry for help with Justin Moore and Cam Whitmore. Everyone's waiting for their return. Because uh, these are guys who can take the ball and create their own shot and make things happen. But it has to be Slater. This is just a difference. This is just a difference. If Jay Wright were coaching, he would be ready for the transition. He would be prepared. He, he prepared for it anyway. Slater... Dixon and Daniels and Moore were the vets. Now Moore is out. They still have three vets. They should lean on them and bring other people around. Um, Longino is a good player. It's like he's a good player, but he's not being used to his full capabilities. Um, I think they should even move Daniels and Longino in the backcourt and bring in Patterson. I mean, it's just time to put your size on, um, give Njoku more time. Um, Brizzy and, and, and Anderson should give more time. I just think it's a cry for more production. you got to have some size and we give them size. Let Daniels keep the ball in his hands and run the floor until things are done. You know, um, just let Chris Anderson, uh, Njoku, and um, enhancing, uh, I mean, housing, housing is shooting good ball, just had 15 points. I think that should happen. They just need that push. Um, and they just need, they have too much talent to be where they're at. It's totally impossible to look at this. They're not a top 25 team right now. It, it is, it's real bad right now. And like for Villanova basketball, it's real bad. Kind of reminds me of Duke when they had Terrence Clark, and it just was going bad. Um, you know, it, it just has to get better. It just looks like the purpose of who is to be the guys in the system that you float around. They, they work as a unit, but it's always three. It's always vets. First off, they're Kerry and Dixon and Slater. It's their time with Daniels, so they should run the offense around them. Dixon's clearly ready this year. Daniels is ready, and so is Slater. It's just time to get them involved, then we get everybody else involved. I say Patterson because that's, that guy's a talented guy, too. Putting him at the uh, small forward position. Um, but I think Cam Whitmore's on his way back anyway, so that's something else. You know, Cam Whitmore's on his way back. There's just a possibility Longino and Daniels could be in the backcourt. I could see that happen. They want to give. I don't think they would just let Archie and and Daniels be in there. 
um, right now. But then again, it could happen because they're waiting on more and they're going to immediately plug more for sure into the backcourt as soon as he comes back. And that will be a dangerous starting fire. The Eagles, let's talk about it, y'all. We're here. And um, the Eagles are 10 and 1. Jalen Hurts has been doing phenomenal things this year. Um, what do you want me to talk about as far as we can go so many different ways? Carson Wentz, what he's done, what he did. I think people totally not come off. I'm talking about Philadelphia quarterbacks before everybody start going crazy. Let's talk about Philadelphia quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb. I think he don't get the credit he deserves. He's a, I think people are starting to recognize now, the more and more you mention McNabb's name, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. Like this man was one, there wasn't too many dominant quarterbacks besides Tom Brady and Peyton Manning other than Donovan McNabb. At that time, he was the one of the most successful quarterbacks in the, in the league. You know, um, you can call the Eagles the Buffalo Bills and NFC at the time because they probably wouldn't even make it to the – They'll make it to the NFC Championship. Don't even win the Super Bowl every time. It only went one time, you know. So, and then uh, Carson Wentz just had a phenomenal 2017 season. People don't realize when he first got here, everybody loved him. And then there was, it's crazy. I feel like he was just shooed out of town. Whatever was going on in the locker room should have been handled with under door, you know, underneath all that. But anyway. This 10-1 team, leaning all the way to this 10-1 team because Vic also was a big play. Unbelievable from 2010-2011. He really did some magical things. He should have won the MVP that year. Um, and they gave it to Brady. Same thing happened to Wentz. Brady tasted <laughs> They're just going to give it to him. But um, Jalen Hurts could win it this year. I mean, who else? What are we talking about? Who? Cool. He can compare to anybody this year, man. I mean, he's really doing a good job, not making many mistakes, not throwing many innocent. Like, he's really doing a hell of a job in big games. Let's talk about the Eagles and the schedule. When they went against the Detroit Lions, they had a full, healthy team. And with DeAndre Swift, that was a hard, that's always a hard offense to deal with. I'm not saying they'll be a playoff team, but they're a tough offense to deal with. They got some good young players, and they're tough. They're tougher than people think. Philadelphia almost lost their game, but won, scoring 38 points. That's impressive. At your worst game, you're scoring 38 points, and that was already saying something. Then you got, they went against everybody that they were supposed to and did what they were supposed to do. You look at Washington the first time. They got their revenge back. Philadelphia already handled them. Manhandled them. Minnesota thrashed them. Dallas beat them. I mean, it was crazy because they had a crazy third quarter and then just came back to finish the game off when they felt like it. Says a lot about that team. Um, Pittsburgh is a team that, because of Kenny Pickett, you know, you want to say that they're not a good team. Of course, that's, you know, but, you know, Dallas had Cooper Rush. But Pickett is a guy that's not ready right now. But they everything else, where they're at, from Najee Harris to George Pickens to the defense, they have players that can beat you. You can lose to, to Pittsburgh. They're a tough team. They just don't have a quarterback that's fully ready yet. 
Philadelphia just proved that you don't come in here against Philadelphia with that type of team. It's a real, and this Green Bay win, he played good at the quarterback position and he ran up. Like, he's really a hardcore, and he reminds me of McNabb because he's a big quarterback and he's hard to bring down. McNabb wasn't a little quarterback. He was a big quarterback, making him hard to bring down. There was a time when he rushed for 125 yards on a broken foot. Well, not a broken foot, but he had a hurt. I think it was an ACL injury, ankle, and he still came in there with one foot. Like because he's tough to bring down and Hurts is tough to bring down you look at who he was throwing to he could throw the two receivers three and then he threw three times his, his uh, quarterback which is becoming big for him because when you start getting Miles Sanders involved it, remember his rookie season when he's involved in the passing game he's totally dangerous and he's just had a great Pro Bowl season nobody's talked about Miles Sanders and what he's done he is the best running back in the NFC it's not even a question He's the best running back in the NFC. He's proved it time and time again. There's not a better running back in the NFC than Miles Sanders. I don't care who who's running the ball right now better in the NFC. Super, super running back. And he's just proven time and time again. He was the number one running back in the country. Let's tell that story. Miles Sanders was the number one running back in the country coming out of high school. He was recruited by Penn State when they had Saquon Barkley doing phenomenal, phenomenal, icon, iconic things, epic things in, in college. He was a different type of running back. We ain't compared to Bo Jackson, rightfully so. He was different. And he was behind them. We're talking about the number one running back in the whole country. And then when he finally got his chance, he kept – he was a good backup because it was a good dynamic duo. And he, he had a great season – with Penn State when it was his time. And now he's riding high again in Pennsylvania, staying home with Penn State and playing for Philly. How great of a story is that? And look what he's doing. He's a great story for football. He's become one of my top running backs of all time. I mean, I like McCoy, but he's become, Miles Sanders has become one of my best favorite running backs, top 10 of all time. He is just that type of dude. Might be my second favorite eagle to Brandon Graham, man. But it was uh, Kendall Gainwell. Enough can't be said about him and um, how good he's been this year. He's running better, running stronger. Nobody's talking about that because, you know, the carries he gets. But if Sanders never needs to rest, I believe Gainwell can have a 100-yard game right now. Boston Scott, listen, whenever his number is called and he has to have a workload, He's an impact. So I'm not really worried about what he's not doing because there was, you know, Philadelphia's always looking at trademarking and he was a possibility he could have been gone. You know, the trade rumors, you know, for another running back, you know, the Kareem Hunt and, you know, but Boston Scott is here. They have three running backs that can run and they've been together with this offense. The offensive line knows all three very well. Offensive line is the best in the league, man. That that was just a great performance. And we're talking about Green Bay had a good one of the best run defenses in, in the league and one of the best defenses in the league. We're not talking about just going against it's another team. Like they don't have Devontae Adams. Clearly that was a big blow. And you look at them now, that Aaron Jones this is a talented team. Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, but Devontae Adams was that big of a blow. And Philadelphia just proved this is that's a dangerous four and eighteen. 
because that team really has a playoff team which just ain't performing up the par. They, they got all the pieces. They can beat you. They need one more year and come back, and I think they'll be a totally dangerous team next year just, just to get used to the young receivers, some of the young players. Totally dangerous team. But that was a game I felt we needed to win to really prove it. And now you're looking at Tennessee, New York, Dallas, New Orleans. This is a tough stretch. You're looking at now to this to this season and seeing where they're all at. Minnesota, one of the top teams in the league. Tennessee, a uh, playoff team, playoff uh, contention team could be there. It's a winning team. Uh, New Orleans has a tough de- defense, has some good offensive players. They haven't traded people. There are people that are still there. It's a talented team. This ain't got it all together. They just fell out of sync. When Breeze left, a lot of things went out of sync. and needed a quarterback. I think this draft, and then you're looking at the Saints, they won't have their pick. The Eagles will have it. Unbelievable right now. The Saints need a quarterback. I think Carson Wentz could be the next Saints quarterback. I'm talking about Taylor Hankey. Carson Wentz could be with the Saints. He would be perfect. Perfect. It's a lot of weapons around the Saints. A winning organization. Good defense. They'll be perfect for Carson Wentz. Every team he's went to hasn't been a – they're not a playoff team. It's a team that can go to the playoffs. But the Saints have the same players, dynamic players, Lattimore and Kamara and Coast. They still got good players that, that could really do good for Carson. So I believe that'd be a perfect team for him. But – um. Looking at Philadelphia and where they're at and who they're going against, Tennessee next. Now it's the A.J. Brown tour. It's his time. I mean, that that game against uh, Rodgers was time for Hurts to do his thing against quarterbacks. And every quarterback he's went against one-on-one, like he's been that guy. He's been the problem on the field. He's been the reason why Philadelphia is winning. And like I said, one of my predictions was he has to play MVP football to stay with the team. People talking about, I said, if he plays the same way he did last year and has the same numbers, even if you see improvement, if you have the same numbers, it's over for him. I don't care if you see some improvement. Those numbers is not going to go. And he's doing totally the opposite. Like this is, that was a great game for him. Uh, he could rush for 800 yards this year. He still could rush for 100 a thousand yards. Just think if, if Jalen Hurts gets to that a thousand yards and three thousand yards, that's all he needs to get to. You know, what if he gets to four? I think he gets to four thousand. He's just so much a factor of the offense to throw the ball, run it. And it's crazy that Jalen Hurts had 150 something yards and his the running back still had a hunt. That's a big thing to say. Usually, when your quarterback rushes for 100 yards, there's no other running back rushing for 100. It not, especially not head up like 140 yards. That's not happening in the game. When one person rushes for 100 yards. It's usually the the capital of everything. It unbelievable. But the defense has so many different elements. Look what Reed Blankenship did. Just proving to you how they evaluate talent. They get the right talent. Reed Blankenship had a great college career. And he comes right in, gets an interception, has six tackles. T.J. Edwards is a pro bowler. Uh, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham. I mean, everybody, you're, you're seeing sex every game by the Eagles. 
and they can only get better. I mean, the next game, who who wants to feast? These guys are waiting. You have to block. You have to hope you get guys. Now, it's like that. So many guys are making plays. Josiah Scott gets his first career interception. Like, there's so much. This defense is not – people talking about Gannon, but the people that are improving, he's developing. T.J. Edwards was one of them. You get Kazar White, and he's doing good. The right guy, Hassan Reddick, doing his thing. Everybody impacted. It's about the best linebacker you in the Philadelphia's had. And, I mean, the Super Bowl year, there was a good linebacker saying to me when Hicks got hurt. This could be a better one. Look at Bradbury. Look at Slay. Look at Epps. Epps is a solid player. He's not been a mistake, a prone player, doing his job, being a playmaker, hitting, and he can only get better. And now the defensive line has sued Joseph, Cox, Hargrave, Williams. Then you got Davis coming back. This is trouble in paradise for people. You know, you're looking at Robert Quinn. He, like, this is a super deep, scarily deep, scary deep. Robert Quinn, Linval Joseph, and Dominican Sue, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams. Man, like, what do you say to that? What do you say to this line? It's a bunch of hungry dogs now. It wasn't Sue and Joseph wasn't part of this line. Either was Quinn. You put them in this line. 18 and a half sacks last year for Quinn. Six for um for Sue. Two-time Pro Bowler Joseph. A run stuffer. You... I mean, this is a this is a dangerous defense. This is a Pro Bowl. This was make them Super Bowl a bus right here. That defense to get Quinn, Joseph, and Sue is unbelievable. Three Pro Bowlers, vets, not just Pro Bowlers, vets added to your line. And then Jordan Davis comes. Oh my gosh, this is going to be very fun to watch to see these dogs get after it. Big Jordan Davis with Sue and Joseph. They're the backups. Hargrave and Cox. Cox got after the quarterback. Today. Like Cox is, Cox is still a beast. He's still a beast. He's the beast you forget about. Number 91. You for, That's how crazy. You forget about him now. That it's so many of them now. Like Joseph and Sue. You forget about Fletcher Cox. Hargrave is a unicorn. But you still got to deal with Sue and Joseph. It is a it's a very fun line. I can't wait to see when Quinn gets a chance to get at it. When Quinn gets a chance to get out there and start rushing, like he's a he's a beast. He he makes it different. He hasn't became the difference maker yet. And if he doesn't, that that'll be a shame. But I still think he can because the season isn't over yet. This guy is a super pass rusher, super talent. So it's gonna be something to see how that defense becomes good, that defensive line. Yeah, the Eagles, they're there. You just got to see. I got to see more. 
Hmm. After the Dallas game, if they beat Dallas, then no matter what, I'm, I'm going to call them. They're 10-1 now. They beat Tennessee. Uh, they still got a couple of games before Dallas, but they beat Dallas again with Dak. That, that's, that's the sign, seal, and deliver that they're a Super Bowl team. Because they're constantly starting to win. It's only one loss. They're not even losing a lot. Like, they got one loss, and you might talk about the Indianapolis game, but they won it. You know, you, then you look at the uh, – they want to say, oh, it was 33 points from Green Bay, but they won. <laughs> like, everybody can say what they want, but teams won. They beat. I just believe this team is so. Um, we're gonna see. I, I think um, it was his ribs. Chauncey uh, Gardner Johnson, love out to him. He'll be back. Uh, leading the league in interceptions. Like I said, the last player I knew to do that for the Eagles, uh, I, I believe, was Greg Jackson. Um, it was a Ray Rhodes team. I think Michael Zoyas was a strong safety. Um, Greg Jackson was a free safety. They had like five interceptions. Um. Chelsea Gardner Johnson is balling. He's a pro bowler this year. There's no question about it. Darius Slay and James Bradbury have to be pro bowlers. TJ Edwards has to be a pro bowler. Um, hmm. Hargrave and Reddick can be there. I mean, it's 11 games, and we're looking at eight sacks from Hassan Reddick. Okay. If this continues, he could be looking at 15 sacks, 14 at least. If he continues to do what he's been doing and looking at his rate, looking at 14 sacks. Like he's a pro bowler. Javon Hargrave the same way. It's crazy because you figured about how good it'll be your Cox and, you know, and, and, and Graham and Sweat. Like they haven't been able to get there because other guys have been getting there. I mean, Sweat looking at almost like seven sacks and um, Graham looking at seven sacks if they keep up what they're doing. Um, Cox looking at at least uh, seven, same thing, seven sacks, six, seven, eight sacks, seven, six to seven sacks. The way he's getting down, six to eight sacks in a year. Like, he's it's just it's a beautiful thing with this defense. They got everything you possibly can have now. To succeed, run stoppers, pass rushes, shut down corners, hard hitting safeties, ball hawking safeties, good nickel cornerback, great nickel cornerback. Like they, they got everything you can have. Then you got a guy like the Kobe Dean sitting on the bench, Davion Taylor sitting on the practice squad. It's crazy. But as I'm about to get out here, y'all, this is a big time, big time for the Eagles. This is unbelievable. Um, you haven't even seen the best of Davey, Devontae Smith. It's going to be a time when he's going to get, he's starting to get more and more um, as a playmaker and, and stuff starting to go up for him. Dallas Goddard is out. You see how hard that hit? He is a real big time option. He'll be back soon. When he comes back, this team changes. 
changes. Somebody, y'all, this is Lita Johnson.